Well, somebody say praise the Lord. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Father, now we bind the hand of wickedness, Lord, and the hand of the devil and the hand of darkness. We ask your mercy and your grace today, Lord. We ask you to be with us today and keep us today. Ah, glory. Dispelling the clouds of darkness. Casting off every evil work and everything that would be against the knowledge of God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, with all that is within me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for lifting me up today. Thank you, Father, for resurrecting me. Pulling me out of the muck and the mire and the mully grubs. And I've been sick lately. Seems like I've been sick for a month. I come down with a bad sinus infection. It took two weeks or so to get over that, and then it seemed like I was healed for just a few days and come down with a stomach virus so bad I thought it was going to kill me. And then we lost a good friend, Shay Ashley, Danny Ashley, at a very young age. And I just pray the Lord has mercy on him and to the family. And then turn right around, and before we had a chance to even find out all the details on that, my wife's sister, which probably the one she was very close to, is like almost like a mother to her, falls dead in her floor, and her husband comes home and finds her dead in the floor. They said she had a, a seizure, I believe it was. And she had had breast cancer, and, you know, we knew things were going to happen. We knew things were coming, but, you know, you just never quite prepared for it. And she had to stop and head out and go to uh, Maryland to see the family. I was going to go with her, but to be honest, it caught us unprepared, and I had to stay here, so keep making enough money to bring her back home, to be honest with you. <laughs> ah, Lord God, Lord God, I may be poor in this world, but there's a day coming, my friend, when I'm going to have a mansion. I'm going to have a nice place. <laughs> 14th chapter of John, he said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Jesus went away to prepare a place for us. In Revelations, we see him coming back with it. And at the very end of Revelations, John said, and I, John, saw new Jerusalem let down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Ah, oh, glory. They try to make movies about the aliens and this and that and try to say this and that because they want some kind of eternal life without righteous and holy living. And my friend, it just ain't going to happen. I don't care how many machines you make and how many times you think you can put your consciousness in that machine. That don't make you nothing but the same machine it is. You put your consciousness in metal, you become the metal. You lose your soul, and your soul's going to go and be judged. <laughs> I, I'm, I hate to tell you, but your consciousness is your soul. And God's not going to let you put your soul in a piece of metal. God's got a place for your soul. Jesus said, Yeshua said, that in the end day, all were going to be raised. The just are going to be raised to life eternal with God. That the mercies of the living God be shown. And the dead in Christ will rise. But the unjust are also going to rise. But their place is not going to be so. But they shall be cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his disciples. Blessed Redeemer, God of glory and grace, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
I'm not trying to be mean people. I'm just telling you the truth. You can believe what you want, but if we're both standing on the edge of a cliff and I pat you on the back so hard to knock you over and watch you you put the alligators are falling the rocks, I ain't helped you none. No, the thing I need to do is tell you the truth. There's a cliff right there. You need to stop. And my friends, there's so many people just about to fall over that cliff and they don't even know it. So many people walk around blind. They think everything's hunky-dory and every, for the God of this world has blinded their eyes lest they see the truth and hear the truth and turn with their hearts and repent that I might heal them. It says it different ways in the different gospels and it's hard to understand, but what it's saying is that so many people in the world, the devil has blinded their eyes and they can't understand, they can't see the truth. They, they go along in a religious fashion. They, they kind of sort of live for God, but they don't really know him. Do you know him today? Do you know the real Jesus? The one that was adamant in what he said. The one that Peter went to go in the house and Jesus prevented him. Jesus went in the temple and he saw him making a mockery of God. And he took a scourge of cords and he threw over their money tables. Now you know that had to be a powerful man. Because when he walked in there single-handedly with just a small scourge of cords. And went throwing over people's money. Throwing it in the floor, throwing over the tables of their merchandise, and just had a little small scourge of cords, no, nothing serious, you know. And he walks in there, he must have been one powerful and one adamant man because all they did was run. One man with the power of God. And that time he chose to use a physical power. He came in and whipped them all out of the temple and said, Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. Jesus said, You cannot serve both God and money. Now, don't get me wrong. I pray every week and every day. Lord, you know I need money. Lord, you know I need my finances blessed. I got bills to pay and I got things I got to do, a family to support. I got to take care of my wife, Lord, and we got to have... Got to have work, make money, and do these things. But there's a difference between asking God to bless your finances so that you can support your family and take care of others and help others. And while I'm at it, I'm still trying to get the money together for that well in Uganda for those little children over there and those people that have no fresh drinking water. They're drinking out of a mud hole. I get the money together for their food a lot. I mean, I send that a couple, three times a week, but... I still haven't been able to get the money together and keep it. I get close sometimes and seems like the devil comes in. And Paul said we'd have been there sooner, but Satan hindered us. And my friend, if Satan can hinder Paul, he can hinder me. I'm not any, anywhere close to as good as he is. He was and still is. On Paul's worst day, he was better than any Christian I know. Raised up in the perfect way of the law. And he went around persecuting the church because of the very thing Jesus said. He said, there will come those that when I leave, they'll think that when they kill you, they do God's service. And there, here comes Paul. He doesn't know Jesus. He knows the perfect way of Moses. He knows the way of the law. And he comes in and he persecutes the Christians. And then God, in his mercy, saw a righteous man going around trying to do what was just and right in his mind. And then saw fit to straighten him out. So he truly could serve God. And struck Paul down with blindness in the way. 
everything that happens to us is not always just because it may seem to be bad at the time. Paul being blind for three days seemed bad at the time, but it was working his salvation. It was bringing about the righteousness of God. And the same Jesus went to Ananias, another Ananias that was serving him. A righteous man, the Bible says, a good disciple. Wasn't Ananias and Sapphira. It was a different Ananias. But he went to him and he said, I want you to go over and I want you to lay hands on Paul and pray for him. And he said, oh Lord, that's the man that's throwing us all in prison. That's the man that's here trying to kill us. And Jesus didn't make bones about it. He said, go your way and do what I said. And so the man tucked it in and went his way and did what he said. Because we're talking about the God of glory. We're talking about the King of kings. Jesus told him, from henceforth, I will be sitting at the right hand of the mighty God. It says in other ways, it says at the right hand of the power of on high. I hate to tell you this, but when you stand before the white throne judgment, I don't think you're going to see three gods or two gods sitting there with one at the right hand. You're going to be standing before Christ Yeshua. And he's going to be dillying it out. I mean, it tells you that in the Bible. It tells you that when they come and they will stand before the Son of Man. And You see, you got to understand, Jesus said when they said, show us the Father. In the Aramaic Bible in plain English, John chapter 14, verse 5 and 6. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus, Yeshua said to them, I am the living God. Now, it doesn't say that way in the King James. It says it in Aramaic plain English. But I love it. In Aramaic and plain English, it, it tells you all the implied things that were being said. It's not just what was written down, but they knew the language. They knew what he was implying. And he said, I am the living God, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me alone. Now, you can't be a Christian and try to say, well, I don't want to offend the Muslims. I don't want, well, I don't want to offend people, so to speak. I don't want to go up and just be brash and heartless and belittle their religion i will if that's what it takes but what i want to do is try to bring them around to the right religion but to try to say that all faiths are good and that they're all going to the same place obviously you didn't either read the bible or you're just not a christian i don't know which it is but there is no way that you can be a christian and not heed the words of christ i mean that's where christian comes from jesus said no man comes to the Father but by me alone. Now, if they've never heard of Jesus, if they're born in some jungle or wherever, or they're raised Muslim, they know nothing of Jesus. The Apostle Paul dealt with that. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Paul said that if they don't know Jesus, then they become a law to themselves. In other words, they're judged according to their heart. They're judged according to what they do know and how good they might be as a person. But being presented with the gospel, being told of Jesus and then saying, no, Jesus is a servant to Allah. Jesus is a servant of Muhammad and twisting and perverting the right way of truth. And obviously that same spirit that came to you when you became a Christian and told you that this was the right way can't reach them because they're children of the darkness. Some people are not going to come because they're not God's children. You've got to understand Everyone is not a child of God. There are those that are children of God, and the Bible says there are those that are children of the wicked one. Now, if you're a child of God, then God's going to come to you, and when you hear about Jesus, He's going to bear witness in your spirit 
And you're going to know it's the truth. But, oh, Lord, if you're a child of the wicked one, you'll make every excuse in the book. You'll accept any and everything. Ah, oh, glory. He said, because they had not a love of the truth. Ah, oh, but, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Jesus said, I am the truth and the way. So if they had no love of Jesus, then when Jesus comes to them, they will refuse him again. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, in their same unrighteous heart that caused them to be lost in the beginning will cause them to be lost in the end. For they had not a love of the truth, so God sent them a strong delusion, the Bible says, that they might believe a lie and be damned. It's Bible, my friend. I'm not playing around with you. It doesn't do any good. People are always trying to be nice and sweet and coming to you and trying to draw you in. Wise is he that win his souls. That's true. And I'm not wanting to turn people away. But there's all kind of nice mouthed, gentle, meek people out there that are telling it to you in a nice way. My friend, I'm going to tell it to you truth and straight up. If you don't like the way I tell it, then there's all kind of people out there you can find to tell it to you a little nicer. But, ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, I want to see you saved. I don't want to see you lost. I don't, may not have, you may not have 10 years for somebody to bring you around slowly. They didn't do that in the Bible. They walked up to him, they told him the truth, and they liked it or they didn't. When that man came up to Jesus and he said, let me go back and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. You go and pre preach the kingdom of God. I've always been taught by others about this little gentle spirit of Jesus and how he would, wouldn't hardly offend a fly. But when I read my Bible, I don't see the same Jesus. The Jesus I see when the man came up to him and he said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go back home to my father first and my mother and him and say bye and see them first. And he said, no man has put his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wasn't always nice. Jesus, Yeshua, our Lord and our Savior, was always righteous. And he always loved people. And he's always kind. And even when he told the woman... I think the Syrophoenician woman, I believe it was, she came and she said, Lord, heal my daughter. She's vexed with the devil. And he looked at her and he said, uh, it's just not good to cast the children's bread to their dogs. I am sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not sent to you yet. And she looked at him. Now, you or I, we would have walked away with our feelings hurt. and said, how could that man talk to us that way? But She didn't do that. She looked at him and said, that's true, Lord. But even dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And when she said that, Jesus looked at her and said, your faith is great. Go your way. Your daughter is healed. She got what she came for. She wasn't too proud. She didn't, she didn't shriek back when Jesus stepped on her toes a little bit. Ah, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords. I just can't find the Jesus in the Bible that I was raised and told about. The one that was non-offensive. The one that never said anything that offended anybody or hurt anybody's feelings. When I read the Bible, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount, 
that was pretty kind and pretty and, and Jesus is kind. Don't get me wrong. You'll never know love like the love of God. But that same God that has shown you love is also adamant. He is also righteous. He is also holy. And he don't play, my friends. Now, he'll forgive you over and over and over. And I'm a living testimony to it because I'm one of the biggest mess ups and screw ups. And Lord knows I've messed up so many times and fell on my face so many times. And and the Lord disciplines me and the Lord picks me back up and the Lord sets me back on my feet. And you'd think at 62 years old by now, I'd have it right. But no, no, it's a daily thing that the old song said, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. Because today I may be walking righteous, but tomorrow I may fall flat on my face. I have no way of knowing one thing I do believe in that I'm born of the elect. And I do believe that I will walk pearly streets of gold one day. I do believe that he is able to save me. And able to keep that which he has chosen. But you know this. If it was all just up to him. I wouldn't have any worries. But he gave me free will. He gave me the ability to do what I wanted to do. And sometimes I'm just the biggest wretch you ever saw in your life. And sometimes my ways just aren't right ways. And no, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't cuss. I don't, I don't commit adultery with other men's wives. I don't, I don't go around stealing or hurting my neighbor. But you know, still, I'm wrapped in this robe of flesh. And, and I get up every day and I have troubles just like everybody else. And I get angry just like everybody else. And I have temptations just like everybody else. And ain't no way I'm even close to perfect. I don't even feel like I'm saved sometimes. And then God brings me back again and reminds me that that part's not about me. It's about him. I do believe he is able to keep that which I have entrusted to him until that day. That no matter how wretched I am. The Lord God knows how to deliver the, un the godly out of temptation. The ungodly will go their way, and in a very little while we will see their end. Ah, oh, glory, but the righteous, the godly, he will bring to his place. He will bring to, to serve with him. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, mighty Jesus. Bless today, O oh righteous Father. Lord, we give you thanks today for your goodness and your mercy. And I'm here to say today that all other religions besides those that call Jesus Christ Lord of all and King of kings and realize that he is the Lord and he is the God and he is the living God. And if they don't believe that, I don't care if they call themselves Christian. I don't care if they call themselves Muslim. I don't care what they call themselves. But if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the living God, the truth, and the way, and that no man comes to the Father except through Christ Yeshua, the God of Israel, the Lord God of all creation, that all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus said, all things the Father has are mine. The things he said, if he were not God, they would have been blasphemy. But he is God. He is righteous. He is just, holy, and true. He is the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he is the mighty God that I will stand before in judgment. I do believe he has already judged me. 
But I also know that I have to walk a right life in a right way, and I have to live according to what is good and just. I can't just go my own way and think that all things are going to be okay. But Peter said, seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And my friends, the Bible says it is a fearful thing to stand before a living God. And I know that to be true because I've seen him face to face in spirit. Middle of a church service, running about 200 with everybody on their feet worshiping God. Not like what I see today. No, everybody in that church was on their feet worshiping God. And all of a sudden I see a man clothed in white linen walking down the aisle. And I'd wanted to know why we worship the way we do. Back then, going to so many churches now, I don't hardly see anybody worshiping, really. Not, not really like they should be. But anyway, these people were, it was a powerful church. And, and he was lifting his hands. He, Christ was just taking those praises. It was like he was lifting them before the throne of God. He would just take his hands and start down low and come up high and let his palms raised. And, and just like he was lifting those praises before the throne of heaven. But then he had something he wanted to say to me, and next thing I know, he's standing at the end of my pew, looking me dead in the eye like I'm going to, boy, I'm going to tear you up and whip you. You know, I mean, I'm not that bad a guy. When I was right at that time, I thought I was pretty good. But my wife had said something snappy to me, and while I'm having a vision of Christ, I say something snappy back. And all of a sudden, he's right at the end of my pew because I'm going to tell you something. God is a family man. He don't appreciate it when you argue with your wife and when you argue with your family and when you talk bad to him. And God expects you to be better than that. When Moses was coming back with Zipporah and Zipporah had refused to circumcise her child, he didn't take Zipporah up to slay her. He took Moses up to slay him because he had not circumcised his child. And as soon as Zipporah saw the Lord take Moses up to slay him, she took a sharp rock and circumcised her son. So obviously they'd already had the conversation. Obviously Zipporah already knew what was wrong. But she wouldn't listen to Moses. But by grannies, when, whenever uh, the Lord took her husband up to slay him, I guess she loved him enough to try to save him. So, And as soon as she circumcised her son, the Lord let Moses down. But as much as he loved Moses, it says the Lord took him up to slay him for his disobedience. Lord bless y'all and keep y'all. You know, God is merciful and kind. And, and you have to understand, just thank God for the cross. Because if we were born under the law, there's not much chance any of the people that I know, the way we live nowadays, had any hope. But born under the grace of the cross, to purchase blood. For we are not our own, but we are bought with a price, even the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And had he not walked up the hill of Golgotha, ah, glory, the Redeemer of the accursed. That's another thing in Aramaic and plain English. It calls us the accursed. It says he is the Redeemer of the accursed. It says that the Holy Ghost is also another Redeemer of the accursed. Because we were the accursed. With the fall of Adam, we became the accursed. And under the law, we were still the accursed. But with the coming of Christ, when that priceless, spotless, innocent Lamb of God walked up that hill of Golgotha and laid his life down for me, and not I only, but all that call on the name of the Lord, 
But he didn't stop there, for he died, laid in the grave. He wouldn't lay in the grave. That body laid in the grave three days. Some people want to try to make it out 72 hours, this, that, the other. I don't know. Study, do whatever you want. It's not important to me. He said he'd be there three days and some couple places at three days and three nights. But I'm going to tell you something. Obviously, the father felt like he had been there as long as he needed him to be there. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was good enough because it said he went in on the day of preparation and that he came out early the first day of the week. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's three days. It's good enough for me. Now, you got to understand something. The Gospels are four different accounts of four different men trying to tell you what happened when Jesus was walking the earth. Mark, I trust, to be the closest to be word for word in John. Mark and John. Matthew seemed to make a few general statements, and Luke wasn't even there. Luke learned his Gospel of word of mouth and from Paul, who wasn't there either. And so, were these men lying? These little variations, are they lies? No. They're truth, because of a truth, if four or five of us try to tell the same story that happened to us yesterday, and we all live the same way, we're going to vary in what we say in our memory and, and just how we write it down. And so, it's just unavoidable. It's just one of them deals. Now, with the law and the prophets, God wrote out the law for Moses and gave it to him word by word and exactly how to do it. And it was written down and protected by priests. The prophets, their words were also written down word for word and protected by priests. But the gospel was written in the midst of chaos. It was written while they were being persecuted. It was written while they were being chased around. It was written while there wasn't nobody protecting, protecting them except God. And they were having to do all this and spread it word of mouth and write it down where they could. And so, yeah, a few little variations got in there. But not, not anything that amounted to anything. Just little stuff about what Herod said. And maybe Herod said all three things that they said he said. One, one place it says, and Herod said, John, have I beheaded? Who is this? I hear such things about. Another place, Herod said, it is John. Whom I've beheaded, he raised from the dead. He might have said all that. So you just don't know. Because it was being transferred by word of mouth. And then, finally, it all got written down into scriptures. And our, our Bible that we all trust, and so many people say that King James is the only Bible and all that. King James wasn't written to about four or 500 years ago. And Christianity survived 1,500 years without it. So I love the King James Bible. It's my favorite. But it's not the only Bible. It's... The one that was translated into English. And by the way, his name's not Jesus. His name's Yeshua. Yehoshua, some people say. But God's not like us. He understands when you say Jesus. He knows you're talking to him. He understands. But considering he said, no other name under heaven, it don't hurt to say Yeshua sometimes either. I've got to where I probably say, Lord Yeshua about as much as I do Lord Jesus. But I know in my heart that Jesus is accepted by the Lord and that Yeshua is the proper name or at least Yeshua, Yeshua. It all simply means my God has become my salvation. For we were bought with a price. 
even the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless y'all and keep y'all now in the mercies of the living God today and all things be well with you. Pray all is good and pray you have a blessed Christmas and things go well with you. Love you. Lord bless you. And Lord, and remember, there is no love like the love of God.